0: Hi, everybody. Dan Duva here, radio play-by-play broadcaster for the Golden Knights. It's the first postseason edition of SLGND, the Sheriff Lawless and Some Guy Named Dave podcast, presented by the D-Hotel in downtown Las Vegas. The Stanley Cup playoffs are coming to town, and we're set to break down the first-round matchup between the Kings and the Golden Knights. The Knights will win if the Kings will win if we look back on the team's four previous meetings, what kind of series it'll be, discussion on the lineups and line combinations, and then we also look at the other Western Conference series, Duck Sharks, Jets Wild, and Preds Avalanche, Razor Fold with the Hart Trophy discussion, and much, much more. To Fremont Street we go to talk all things Vegas Golden Knights. It's hashtag SLGND. Playoff edition. Sheriff Lawless and some guy named Dave. Presented by the D Hotel. And now, here's Dave.
1: Oh yeah, Dan Duba. I am some guy named Dave. Dave Gosher, Shane Knighty, Gary Lawless, and Dan Duba. From the D Hotel, the official downtown hotel of your Vegas Golden Knights, a Stanley Cup playoff edition of the Sheriff Lawless and Some Guy Named Dave podcast. Hashtag SLGND coming to you right outside Fremont Street, among the people. There's a couple of Elvises over there. There's a guy in a bikini over there. Oh, his bunny suit. And a bunny suit, <laughs> the bunny ears, whatever it is. That's right. He's got a little... Uh, it's a
2: combination.
1: He's got the bunny tail on over there. It's got to be a warm in there, I <laughs> think. Speaking like a man that has one, a bun-kini. Uh We uh, are delighted to have you with us here from the D-Hotel and our podcast here as the Vegas Golden Knights capping a phenomenal regular season, the best regular season ever for an expansion team in NHL history, and now they've moved on to the Stanley Cup playoffs, and they did it after a phenomenal regular year, Shane, capturing the Pacific Division, but now, you know, you said in our our last TV game, which was um, certainly a forgettable game for the Golden Knights, (laughs) a little bit of a lopsided loss to the Calgary Flames, that none of that matters now, and they'll all start for real coming up Game number one, Wednesday night against the L.A. Kings.
2: William Carlson officially has zero goals right now. <laughs> it's uh, All those stats are gone. Great accomplishments. What a regular season for the Golden Knights. But that doesn't matter anymore. This is about the now. And this is about getting... It's funny. You go through that to get to this point. That grind, that 82 games, uh, the ups and downs of a regular season just to get to this point. Only 16 teams are here. And for the Golden Knights, this is just the first step and a lot more to come, but this is, this is why you play the game as a player. For the fans in Vegas, they're about to experience another level of intensity inside T-Mobile and, and, and watching these guys play, it. Is, and it could not have probably picked a better team in the Kings because this just, now this permanently sets the rivalry. You don't have a true rivalry until you meet in playoffs. The dislike. Let's use the word. It's going to be hatred for one another. It really is uh, between players, between fans, uh, on the ice. It. Uh, this is what it's about. This is. Uh, people ask me if I miss the game. I don't miss it in the regular season. I miss playing it now.
1: What's this like, Gar? Uh, this window right now, Shane, for a player. So we're sitting here. It's Monday afternoon. And we're a little more than 48 hours away from Game One of a playoff yeah. series. What's that preparation like? Team had practice earlier today. Another practice tomorrow, and they get ready for Game One Wednesday.
2: Well, just quick. In regular seasons, you do a quick pre-game scout of your team, and uh, once you get to playoffs, it's in-depth. So they do a lot of video. You'll cover special teams and the uh, you know the Kings' individual stuff. You usually do a full report, kind of a scouting report individually on players, whether it's Kopitar, Carter, Dowdy, so on. You do an in-depth scouting report of the goaltenders. So Jonathan quick. They'll probably have a breakdown of where he's been scored on the most his five hole up high breakaway shots in the crease um, you really go in depth individually and as a team on your opposition more way more than you would in the regular season the guys already know them guys that have played in the league understand tendencies of players but now's where you take it to a new level you don't leave any stones unturned this is about being prepared the most and it's about the team
3: that executes the best that comes out on top. I know a coach who was heading into the Stanley Cup and uh, had secured his spot, and the pro scouts from his organization sent him a report and didn't have everything that he wanted in it, and he had a, a, a scout that had worked for him previously, and he called that scout up and said, go watch this game, watch these two teams play, and then send me exactly what I need, and Gerard Gallant will he'll have some things that he wants whether it's a neutral zone uh, play from the other team or or their, uh, their 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 defensive zone breakout whatever it is he'll have Everything. A, he'll have some key things that he'll really want to see and then and he'll assign his coaches and then people like Misha Donskoff, Von Karpin, all these people that have seen the the Kings play this year and are watching them play right now they'll put together a massive report for him a book uh, as it were, and that's that's what they'll use to prepare their players, and it, it'll be fascinating. Gerard Gallant after practice today, you know, he said he did not know what his lineup will look like, and he, he frankly he doesn't think he'll know what it'll look like until after the morning skate on Wednesday. They've got some guys that are banged up, yeah. and they need to see where they are in terms of can they come back into the lineup, and it'll be really interesting to see who the 12th forward is because there are decisions to make. Oh, absolutely. And you mentioned the books.
2: That's the only time I remember on teams previously we've gotten a booklet. Every player, every system, every zone, everything is in there. And uh, obviously you want to hang on. You don't want to lose that one or leave it behind (laughs) when you leave in a dressing room or a hotel. Uh, I don't know know if that's the case for the the Golden Knights. But, yeah, Gary's right. A lot of big decisions to be made. But. Every team is doing as much preparation as possible. So when that
1: puck drops game one Wednesday night, Shane, what changes from first game of the playoffs compared to a regular season game, say, in the middle of December?
2: This is uh, the first step of the pursuit of your ultimate dream. So (laughs) the emotions, the intensity, uh, all those feelings are cranked up, uh, and you're ready to go out and play. There's ups and downs in a regular season. A lot of games you're ready to go. Here at T-Mobile, not hard to get up for a game. Uh, but there's times you're like, you got to be professional and you got to be mentally strong to get yourself through a game. Not the case in playoffs. You are absolutely fired up from when you wake up in that morning, ready to hop on that ice, do what you love, and try and achieve, achieve your greatest dream.
1: Well, you know, you mentioned it, and it's a great matchup, and it was funny, going into the final regular season game, all the Golden Knights knew was they were going to play somebody from California. And it was either going to be San Jose, L.A., or Anaheim. It fell that it was going to be the L.A. Kings. And as you said earlier, Sheriff, maybe this is the way it should be, right? I mean, this is how you build rivalries. You can can play teams in the regular season, but there's nothing like that, you know, your word, that hatred that builds up over the course of a seven-game series. And the only way to build rivalries is to take on teams in the playoffs. Um, The Golden Knights were 2-1-1 against the Kings in the regular year. I don't think it means anything. It's irrelevant. It's nice they had – both teams have had success. Um, But how do you – as you look at it from an analyst standpoint, how do you size this up as you head into the opener?
2: I think right now, I think for the Golden Knights, their element of speed, and I'm not just talking skating, but the, their ability to execute plays at a at a high pace. Uh, their quickness, they're relentless on the puck, uh, not giving any time or space. LA is going to try and grind them down, and I think the one area, especially now, we don't know Jake Muzzin's going to be play, uh, Forberts out of the lineup. Their D in LA might be the the one area I look for that that speed can really take advantage. Dowdy's still going to play close to half half the game. He's going to he's going to be around that 30 minute mark. So you want to wear him down. So there's going to be a physical physical edge to it. You want whether it's Carey, whether it's Reeves, everybody has to hit in playoffs. But I think the speed element for the Golden Knights is where the advantage is, especially Tron. But they have to play. They can't can't be fancy.
3: You have to get the puck deep. You have to attack the Kings' defense. To me, this is, for Vegas, what are their strengths? Their speed and their balance. And LA, they're they're the exact opposite. They're not balanced. They are top-heavy. They've got some great high-end players, but then they fall off. Vegas, I think Gerard Gallant, he needs to get back to playing, you know, to sharing that ice time, to using everybody, keeping everybody playing at a high tempo, short shifts, high frequency, and really use that speed. Play fast in all aspects of the game, and of course, Mark Andre Fleury. Uh, you know, if he can duplicate what he did in the postseason last year, the, the Golden Knights have a real good chance of uh, create making some noise. Dave you know,
2: said this earlier. Interesting. You got one goalie with three cups, one with two.
3: There's a yeah, pretty, well, yeah. pretty good battle. Yeah, pretty on pretty the good head. battle there. And Quick was uh, uh, this was a, a resurgent. A couple of guys, Dustin Brown. You know, after years of decline, you know, found his game again this year. Uh, Tyler Toffoli has really started to, to, to pick up his pace with the return of Jeff Carter. Jeff Carter, 13 points in the 20 games
0: that he played down the stretch. So lots of, uh, uh, lots of great storylines on the Kings side as well. You know, I went into the locker room today to ask several players the same question. Which games out of 82 felt like playoff games? And to a man, each guy talked about the games against the Kings. But more specifically... The two games back-to-back. Yeah. The games that the Knights lost. Remember, an overtime loss in L.A. The next night, the regulation loss at home. Jonathan so took it a step further, and he said that the loss against the Kings in that most recent matchup, he thought the Knights got away from the normal stuff that you guys just outlined, the speed, the tempo, and that the Knights tried to match the physical play of the Kings and it took the Knights off of what is their most successful yes.
2: points excellent point and oh.
0: Jonathan says we can't do that we don't want to try to play that game and that was the only regulation loss that Vegas had Marcia so thought that the game in Los Angeles then even reflecting on the earlier games the ones that Vegas won that was more the intensity and also the type of hockey that he wants the team to play
2: That's exactly it. Executing your game plan best, the team that does it, because the Kings will have a different plan than the
1: Golden Knights. Let me ask you this question then. So let's play this game. If the Golden Knights win, they will win. Why? Lawman, what's your – if they're going to win this series,
3: what's the reason they're going to win? I really think it's crucial that Eric Holla, David Perron, and James Neal have an impact on this series, Mm. a positive impact. I think that you know what you're going to get. From the Carlson line, they're they're not going to change. They, they, no one's been able to bottle them up all year, and no one's gonna. They're going to play fast, and I think Belmar and his group they're going to do what they do. You uh, know, uh, the, the the two middle lines, the second line and the third line, Cody Eakin's line. Uh, we don't know who's gonna what that's going to look like. Let's assume it's going to be Eakin and and Tuck and somebody else. But Tuck could move up if Perron if Perron doesn't go so but those middle two lines i know what you're going to get from one and four what you get from two and three to me is critical and if they can hold their own i think vegas has a really good chance to win this series i think one thing is
2: to be able to handle the kings in their own end they've got to be able to handle the kopitars the carters those two big centermen and you've got to be able to contain Doughty. We said they're top have, You've got to contain those top players. But I think for me, it starts in their own end. They don't want to spend a lot of time. They've got to be able to get out of that cycle, out of that heavy forecheck, out of that heavy game, and use their quickness. They need clean breakouts. They can't fumble the puck. They've got to go north with it as quick as they can. They don't want to spend a whole lot of time in their own end because that's what the Kings are going to try and wear them down. Physically, I think... For the Golden Knights, they want to wear it down with speed, so for that, they have to be out of their end and they have to be on the attack.
0: You know, so often, guys, we've seen that when the Knights start well, they manage to continue that throughout the contest. When they've chased games, when they've had to fight from behind, Sure, there have been some dramatic finishes, and that makes it more fun for us to watch. But when they start well, and that has been one of the concerns. Remember, just say against the game against Calgary, uh, it wasn't until Ryan Reeves had the big hit on TJ Brody that they kind of had the spark and started rolling. Can they find that early offense? to produce and allow them to take control of the series in the way that we saw them do it so often in the beginning of the regular season and then into December.
1: Yeah, I mean, home ice for them was was such a phenomenal thing. It has been all year long, right? And to me, that's a big part of it, too. Look, they earned home ice, and you know, let's not, not put the cart before the horse, but at least for the first two rounds. They've got home ice advantage. We've we've been to every building, guys. If it's not the best home ice advantage in the league, it's in the top two or three. So for the, abil- the ability for them... To try to get back to Dan's point, you know, but over the last month, they've gotten away from that a little bit at home. You know, but they did have their last two home games. Think about it. They knocked off St. Louis and San Jose, two real good teams. I think that's a big part of it for this team. They've been fine on the road this year, but that, we talked about it all season, Sheriff, felt like a playoff game every game. Now there actually are playoff games. So if they can, you know, and here's the thing, eventually – the games are going to settle in, right? I mean, this is all the the lead-up to it is – that's where all a lot of the anxiety comes. Eventually, the series start starts and it settles in. And I would just love to see them be able to, to get this home ice advantage where it was for a good portion of the season for them. Well, it's you know?
2: crucial how they start this series. Oh, my God! Let's go back to the re- – wh- yep. why was the regular season big? We've heard from – Gerard Golan, how many times said, well, our start built confidence, the start to the season. Well, I think that's gonna be imperative here in playoffs for them to start really well at home. That first game, that second, they need to play their game. They need to start well, build some confidence in playoffs.
1: All right, let's take the other side of the coin. If the Kings are gonna win, what needs to go right? For them, have you touched on it a little bit? Their high-end guys, their top-end guys can be big difference makers in the series.
3: Yeah, you know, I think that there are a couple players that can take this series over, and uh, Anze Kopitar is, Jane has said this a number of times this year, and I agree with him 100%. When he's going, he's one of the most dominant players in the game, both ends of the ice. He, uh, he shuts things down in his own zone, and he's a horse, It's hard to control in the offensive zone, and Drew Dowdy's the, the X factor. I think Drew Doughty could become a real villain in this series. I think he can distract people. He's always got his mouth running. He's got a clever little stick when he wants to be dirty. He can be dirty. And let's face it, uh, I was in Sochi at the 2014 Olympics. He was at the height of his game. He was unstoppable. This guy, when he wants to carry the puck and create offense, he's very dangerous. That being said... Vegas will have to counter up. That's some of the question was. Those those are the two guys for me. If they're really going and Vegas can't control them, LA's got a chance to win this. I agree, and they're gonna try. They're gonna try and establish a real physical game on the
2: Golden Knights. And, and Gary missed the only other key piece I would put that could be a difference, and that's Jonathan Quick. And I forget which game it was. He made those saves early against the Golden Knights. Just some dynamic save, and that's usually a factor in any series goaltending. But Jonathan Quick with two Stanley Cups. Uh, and the season he's had, he can be a difference maker just like any other goaltender.
0: Yeah, that, that was my thought. If Jonathan Quick is more of a star than Marc-Andre Fleury, that to me means the Kings are going to come out of this looking pretty good. Um, are the Knights going to be able to handle the physical brand of play that the Kings will bring and not get sucked into it? In other words, does Ryan Reeves make an appearance in this series? And if he does, what role does he play? And is that playing right into the Kings' hands. Are the Knights forced to play into the Kings' hands, or can they maintain their brand of hockey, as we talked about earlier?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, and can the Kings, are they going to be able to wear the Golden Knights down? You know, Vegas is not, let, let's face it, I mean, they went out and got Reeves yeah. for a certain reason because they don't have a ton of size up front, right? They're not they're not built to be a big physical team. To your point about, you know, Marcius was saying today, they got away from their game. They tried yeah. to match L.A. in the physical game. Uh, the game here in T-Mobile, the last game. You know, is that in the Golden Knights over the intensity of a seven-game series
0: every other night, are they going to be able to handle the physicality that L.A. throws And out? my thought on that is, Dave, William Carrier has been back for a few games. And Gerard Gallant said he was excellent, played a perfect game in that first one back. He's drawn three penalties. So Carrier brings that toughness, willing to throw his weight around, but he's also really fast. And we have seen that speed. So that is that one dynamic they had earlier in the year. And it was pretty neat to see Carrier, Belmar, and Nosik, what we call the international line, the three of them (laughs) for so much of the early part of the (laughs) season. It's been a while since all three of them were together.
1: Well, the Golden Knights and the Kings, and it's funny if you think about it now, here we are sitting here in the second week of April. Um, first off, the fact the Golden Knights made the playoffs is beyond belief. You know, if you backed up the calendar to the middle of September. But if you could pick an opponent for your first ever playoff oh, series, yeah. the fact that the, it's the L.A. Kings is is awesome. So uh, we can't wait to get it started. of the T-Mobile coming up on Wednesday night, Game 1. Uh, every other day they go in this series. Games 1 and 2 at T-Mobile, then to L.A. for 3 and 4 five six and seven they'll alternate uh if uh if it gets well at least uh could get to could go all the way you know these teams are pretty evenly matched up
3: so
0: none of the games went seven games in the first round last year we didn't see any seven game round uh, seven game right. first rounders last year i wonder if you had to pick of the uh, different series in the first round this year could it be the knights and kings
1: yeah well certainly could be well the sheriff lawless some guy named Dave podcast coming to you from the d hotel here In downtown Vegas, the official downtown hotel of the Vegas Golden Knights. Can't wait to get started. Game one of the Stanley Cup playoffs getting underway at T-Mobile Arena, the Golden Knights and the Kings on Wednesday night. Reminder for you, Golden Knights fans, do not fight for a parking space when you head into uh, T-Mobile Arena to see the Knights. Purchase your parking ahead of time through the Park Mobile app. You can score the perfect spot at the preferred parking garages of the Vegas Golden Knights. Go to lasvegas.parkmobile.com. To reserve your parking today, that's lasvegas.parkmobile.com. So the Stanley Cup playoffs get underway Wednesday. Not every series, but some of the series get underway. And we thought we'd kind of focus our attention a little bit, Shane, on, on the West. So the three other series, Nashville, Colorado, Winnipeg, Minnesota, San Jose, Anaheim. Maybe we'll start out with the Predators and the Avalanche. Predators who made that run to the Cup Final last year, right? They were two wins away from winning the Stanley Cup, only to lose to the Pittsburgh Penguins and the President's Trophy winner this year. I don't know if that's, that's more of a curse than a, than a, <laughs> than a blessing, be, uh, right? That's uh, the Capitals. Well, yeah, with winning the President's Trophy. But Is the Rangers the last one that won the no, President's? No, I want to say, well, Chicago did it in that lockout-shortened year of 12 right. 13. See, I, I discount that one, I think right? I saw Full that season? the other team, it was every six years. It was okay. Detroit in 08, and then... Oh, maybe every five years. Every five years. Detroit in 08, Chicago in 13. Nashville's hoping it's (laughs) the Predators in 18. But how do you look at this first-round series, Sheriff, between the Predators and the Avalanche?
2: Colorado's accomplished a lot. The turnaround they had to win it in the last game of the regular season to put themselves in playoffs. But I don't see them as having much of a chance here in this first round against the Predators. Maybe five games. uh, But I see the Predators. They're just... uh, I think if you ask around the league, they're the they're the favorites this season. So, uh, But that's uh, the expectations. They have to carry that, too. So right now, there's always that element. Colorado's just playing, man. This is uh, free hockey for them. They're going to be determined. Nobody's giving them a chance, and you never know. But I just think the Predators, uh, with, with the way Pecca Rennie's played this year, they have such a strong decor, depth up front. Uh, they look strong.
1: This, uh, this should be a short series in their favor. It's a good point you make, too, Sheriff. It's, it's much different. When you're expected to win, the pressure of playing when you're expected to win is a different. And the first pressure.
2: round
3: is the hardest to win.
1: Yeah, lawman, how do you size up Preds abs in round one?
3: Well, I like the Preds. I, they, uh, they to me are very, very complete. They've got a great goaltender, uh, excellent defense, the best blue line in hockey, for my money. And uh, uh, you know, I don't love their forward group. Like, and I guess I, I like it a lot when you, but when you compare it to say. Winnipeg, I think it's. Winnipeg has them there, but in this series, uh, I like Nashville, and uh, I'm not sure it lasts uh, particularly long. I wouldn't be surprised if it was over in five or six. Yeah,
1: I I mean, I think most people probably think that, right? Yeah, I think it's it's a short one.
0: Yeah, and and as much as we were impressed in seeing McKinnon and Landis Skog, those guys were so impressive, but it's only a portion of the club, and as you guys have outlined very well, Nashville is. Looking to get back to the Stanley Cup Final, and you know, looking at the standings, talking about the President's Trophy, you know that that is so far at the back of their minds. It is all about the Stanley Cup this year for them. Talk
1: about a top-heavy team, Colorado.
0: I mean, outside of that top line, right? No, yeah. I know. Yeah. There's not yeah.
1: much, you know, McKinnon, Landeskog, and and Rantanen. There's not. Yeah. Now that being said, they win their final game of the season when they had to to get in the playoffs. They knocked off St. Louis. Semi Barlamov I don't think is playing right the first round so they're going to rely on Jonathan Bernier but yeah and I think from a from a predator standpoint there's unfinished business there you know they made this run last year Exactly. now they know better than anybody the boat that the Avalanche are in they were the lowest seed to make the playoffs last year and all of a sudden they found themselves in game six of the Stanley Cup and I'll
0: also throw in the fact that there were times that the you know, Tampa Bay had the number one record in the league. Vegas went into first place a couple of times, and it looked like, well, the Knights were going to cruise to a conference championship. And as Vegas kind of plateaued, Nashville kept surging. I mean, Nashville, it's not as though they've had the number one record in the league wire to wire. It's been in the last few weeks that they have taken the reins as the number one team in the league. Ryan Ellis missed the
1: first half of the year. Maybe that was a good thing. Not as not as much wear and tear on his body coming off uh, knee surgery in the off season. Mike Fisher coming out of retirement oh, yeah. late in the year oh, yeah. without having to play the first sixty-plus games relatively uh, fresh as he goes into the postseason. So yeah, it's hard to it's hard to envision a scenario where this goes much past I think five games anyway. So um, next up, Winnipeg and Minnesota. There's some people at this table with pretty, cl- pretty close ties to the Jets, um, but for Winnipeg, Sheriff, they have not won a playoff series a game. since getting back or a game. More to the point since getting back um, into the NHL. How do you look at this one against the Wild?
2: Well, it's a completely different team, and you're talking about the most talented set of forwards in the National Hockey League with uh, the Winnipeg Jets. They they can score, they can play. Connor Hellebuck uh, set a record for U.S. born goalies with wins this year. He's gonna be a big question mark for me. As good as he's been, can he be like that in playoffs? I give Minnesota more of a chance if Ryan Suter's healthy. Oh. There's 30 minutes. Half a game, you take one of the top D-men out. I just don't see how Minnesota can sustain. This could go. This could go to about six games, but I, I, I see the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, they're just they're too talented. Uh, but this is we we're mentioning. This is going to be the tough round on them because the expectations in a Canadian market <laughs> after the season one. they have had. Yeah. Boy, if they if they like this first game is a big one. If they lose that first game. Uh, Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I want to see. I I don't doubt the talent. They're an unbelievable team. They're deep, up front. D, goaltending, played great. But uh,
3: confidence is going to be a big factor for them. The longer this series goes, the better chance Minnesota has of winning it. I think Winnipeg, for a couple reasons, needs to punch this ticket and punch it fast. Uh, Nashville, I don't think, is going to get too nicked up playing Colorado. And they're going to have to face them in the... In the second round which will be a monster series maybe the best series uh, uh, of the postseason prior to the Stanley Cup it's what people are really going to be focused on nationally that series but if it goes long the pressure will start to weigh on Winnipeg uh, like a like a massive grand piano they they need to get this done and get it done quick and then they can say to themselves we know how to win in the playoffs we're not, we're, we are not. We didn't get beat up because it didn't go seven. We're ready now for Nashville. Let's get it
0: on. You can't help but wonder which Minnesota club will show up. In other uh, words, yeah. when yeah. Vegas saw Minnesota, they got dominated by the Wild in three meetings. But then a night or two later, you'd see the Wild lose to a non-playoff team. So if the Wild that the Knights have seen all year shows up, I mean, then that could be a much more interesting series, especially early on, as you guys outlined. But if it's the Wild that has not shown up with the same intensity on other occasions, well, then uh, it ought to be a series win for Winnipeg.
1: Well, it's interesting, too. The, the Wild are the only team that beat the, that swept the season series with Three the Golden games. Knights. You know, and you go by just what you see in the games with Vegas. They've also been a phenomenal – now, I know Winnipeg has, too. You've got two teams that are phenomenal in, in their own building. Both have been fantastic home ice teams this year. Both teams, Minnesota's – the knock on them over the last four or five years is – they can't do much in the playoffs. Right. They set team records last year for wins and points, and they were out in the first round yeah. in five games of St. Louis. Yep. Winnipeg hasn't won a game in the playoffs since getting back a team in the NHL in 2012. Somebody's gonna move on. So somebody <laughs> is overdue,
3: right. for some yeah. playoff success, yeah. Yeah. to
1: say the least. But I agree with what you were saying, Nides. You pull Ryan Suter. Uh, oh yeah. If you made a list of guys you couldn't lose for Minnesota
0: that you could not lose. Even around the whole league, around he would be league, high on the but list. But especially
1: yeah. for that team, right. and how much they were, I guess, you know, him and Eric Stahl, right? Koivu. Koivu yeah. and, and Dubnik. Dubnik, right. Benigou. But the fact that and it was, you know, kind of a free kid along the boards, right, where right. Suter's done for the year. it's. But I agree, and you, know, you guys would know the Winnipeg market much better than Dan and I. The. The heat that could get ratcheted up, oh. if the sky would be falling quick. And Matt, you, know, you were part of a Bruins team that dropped the first two home playoff games to Montreal one Why, year? Exactly. And then, and that, talk about the sky was falling. It was, yeah. it was over. Right.
2: Like we couldn't wait to get to Montreal.
0: <laughs> yeah. And you wanted get us and, out of here. <laughs> and some teams, the character of some groups is more fragile. Is this Winnipeg group one that can withstand that? I mean, you've got one of the best players in in line A who's 19 years old, but just because you're 19 doesn't mean you don't have the fortitude to handle that kind of pressure, but we'll find out. Well, last up
1: in the West, San Jose and Anaheim. So the All-California first-round series. You get a Ducks team that went to game six of the Western Final last year before losing to the aforementioned Nashville Predators. And you've got a San Jose team, Shane, that you know, gave you know against the Golden Knights this year had some tough matchups, but late in the year, yeah, Anaheim jumped over them for second place in the Pacific, and home ice advantage in that series. And
2: home ice because I see this being a long series, uh, six or seven games. I just think I- I've got San Jose in this. I think they're they're the way the games played today. They're they're more of a speed game uh it's very similar kind of matchup as to, to what we're seeing between the golden knights and the kings uh sharks we saw how fast that, the sharks Golden knights games were played the ducks uh, are going to try and grind it out they're going to try they've got a couple of high-end players you got you know gets perry but they're missing uh cam fowler um i i
3: like san jose in this series so we'll wait and see i'm a shane i like san jose john gibson for what it's worth Maybe he's not going to win the Vesna. He should really yeah. get some consideration. Uh, <laughs> the shot charts on him early in the year, like from the high danger zone, it's dark red. You Crazy. look, at, you look at the shot shots for a lot of goalies, and it's like ice blue. They're not facing a lot of shots from that area. That's all he saw, and he had an AHL team in front of him for a good chunk of this season. He kept them alive. If, if he, if he's, if he's out of his mind. They've got a chance, but that's they're rolling the nights with John Gibson, remember the game, and that's Gibson, a big factor. Remember the
1: game against the Golden Knights right before Thanksgiving? The shots were 49-19. to 19. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The it only was reason they even had a chance was because of, because yeah. of Gibson. There's right. a
0: lot of games like that. So. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. Yeah, And I'll tell you, and, and Cam Fowler's absence looms large for the Ducks. And day-to-day for Gibson, he did not go on that trip to Arizona for the 3-0 shutout win in the finale for the Ducks Um, he hadn't played since uh, the first of April so to me as well as the Sharks have played uh, and as they have done well against the Knights there is something to me that is pulling me towards the Ducks and I wonder if they had had a full lineup the whole season you know they had so many injuries early on you were wondering if they could even make the playoffs and here they are is the number two team in the league. I wonder if we were to look at their record right now and if it was closer to the Knights' record, if we'd be giving them a better shot against the Sharks. And we're only kind of making it as close as it is because the records were as close as they were. I'm not sure that they can overcome the absence of Fowler, and especially if Gibson can't go, and then hope oh, then all bets are off. But I, I'm going to take the Ducks. I'm taking the Ducks. Yeah, Dan
1: Duva. There you go. There you go. Well, here's and here's the one knock on Gibson, as good as he can be when he's on. He has a tough time staying healthy, right? And I, I remember last year they went into the sixth game of the Western Conference Final in Nashville, and he didn't play. Yeah, he had left Game Five injured. They had to the, throw Jonathan Bernier in with their season on the line, and they got beat. They got Ryan Miller now, so it's not. Yeah, you got a pretty right. experience for sure. Got a shutout the other day, right? So, but to me, it's you pull out their best defenseman and Fowler, yeah, and on the other side, you got Brent Burns. Yep. who's just, he can be so dominant when he's when he's at his best. And we saw that in a game against the Golden Knights this year. He had 10 shots on that, and he's just, he can be such a difference maker for San Jose. And I, I'll tell you the other guy, and there's all schools of thoughts on this guy, but he's been good since he's come to San, Ove, San Jose San as a Vander Kane. He's been a, he's... First playoff ever. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Unbelievable. Never played in the playoffs. Facts are stubborn things. Yep. Be it his time in Atlanta... Buffalo, this is his first time at it. So, um, I tend to like the Sharks in it. I will say, though, Dan, to your point about Anaheim, Getzlaff missed significant time, Kessler missed significant time, you know, is that a blessing in disguise? You get yourself a bit of a rest during the season, but I tend to think that San Jose, real good team at home, and the fact they jumped over Anaheim to get home ice advantage could be a huge advantage for them. So, uh, the Golden Knights getting set to kick off the playoffs. Coming up Wednesday night, T-Mobile Arena, game number one against the Los Angeles Kings. The Sheriff Lawless and some guy named Dave Podcast coming to you from the D Hotel, the official downtown hotel of your Vegas Golden Knights. And a quick reminder for you, Golden Knights fans, that Rock Creek Cattle Company is a hidden gem and it's located in the heart of Montana. This working cattle ranch sits on 28,000 acres of land and has a little something for everyone, including world-class golf fly fishing, hunting, horseback riding, and lots more. Escape the bright lights and discover Big Sky, Montana. Exclusive membership and real estate opportunities are available now. Check it out at rockcreekcattlecompany.com. All right. I'm going to go a little razor fold here. What do we think, Dan? Let's go. Razor fold. The sheriff's ready. Lawman's ready. Here's razor fold. We talked about the Colorado Avalanche. Razor fold on Nathan McKinnon. For a heart trophy winner, Lawman, first up. What do you think? Razor fold?
3: I'm going to fold. I'm going with uh, Taylor Hall and the New Jersey Devils. Uh, oh. He uh, 42 points more than any other player on his team. They're a playoff team. Uh, just uh, every time we saw them, he drove that club. To me, he's uh, the most valuable player to his team. And uh, I, listen, I think he can, you're splitting hairs. Both guys took teams that finished last in their conference a year ago or near last in their conference a year ago and made them playoff teams. And uh, so, uh, to me, it's uh, it's Taylor Hall, but uh, I know I'm going to get uh, lambasted from uh, my good friend Shan- Shane. 90, the guy so. that does the TV color for yes, the Golden Knights' we'll head we'll, we'll we'll go. go. I don't
2: have Taylor Hall on this one.
3: Um, I like... Na-
2: Got papers flying everywhere. <laughs> um, here's my thing. I have trouble with this award because... There's so many guys that are valuable. We talked about John said, Gibson. <laughs> you just said most valuable in your team, and I know he didn't make playoffs. But Connor McDavid's winning the Art Ross again. He scored over 46 percent or 45 percent in on their production of offense this year. So who's more valuable? Um, you know, it's it, that's why I. And I know his team's not in playoffs, so he can't win it. At least That's uh, you know Taylor Hall. Everybody's fallen in love with him because the the trade, and they like that, and. He had such a streak. His team's in. Nate McKinnon, I think, tremendous talent. He's got more points, so maybe that's why I will raise with him. Uh, Anze Kopitar, what he's done in L.A., dare I say William Carlson, and how good he's been here. But but those are maybe MVPs for the team. For Hart, I'm going to raise on Nate McKinnon that he wins it because I think that's who will eventually get the trophy.
1: Well, it's funny because um, Sidney <laughs> Crosby's name doesn't come up. If Gadi Malkin's name doesn't, but well, that's they're kind thing, of a yeah, one-two they, punch, right? Yeah, and Phil
2: Kessel Ed and Kessel
1: and I go with I go with McDavid because yeah. <laughs> the, now the other argument is they miss the playoffs with him, you could miss him without him, but they they're talk about dead in the water, completely dead in the water without that guy on their team. In terms of the most valuable guy to their team, he's off the charts. How good he? I mean they we saw
3: to, they were supposed to win the Stanley Cup this I year know. and they didn't make the playoffs. Well, I think a lot. Of, well, he, like I don't think so. He it. was in
2: on 46% of the goals scored. Yeah. Like that's Talk no other charts. player was that important to their team. No. So
1: I just you know, if you take take him off that team and oh, no. forget it. So anyway, to me it's but I, I get what you guys are saying. That's like right, for yeah. a guy that for team that misses the playoffs, it's hard to give him the nod,
0: but to me he's the most valuable guy. The question, raise or fold on McKinnon for Hart. uh, So I fold. Yeah, and I'm I'm going to fold as well. Yeah, and just to clarify, it's basically you're taking the field or McKinnon, and I I would take the field. And to all of your points you just outlined with McDavid, and and also Gary brought up some very good points with Taylor Hall. New Jersey Devils have never had a Hart Trophy winner. Uh, It's an organization that is not put together that way, so it's kind of strange to see one coming from New Jersey. If you take William Carlson off the Vegas Golden Knights. Yep what does this team look like and he won't win it but there's a lot of his guys his name sh- ought to yeah. come up more oh. than it has uh, you're right there, there are a lot of guys that come up uh, but to answer the question as impressed as i was in seeing mckinnon the in colorado the last visit the knights made to denver he looked like the kind of player that could take over then when colorado comes to vegas it wasn't quite the same um, and, and as we have just outlined, it's not necessarily the best player. It's uh, who's the most valuable. So it is, there was is a point in time where I thought, wow, McKinnon really should get this. But uh, I'm, I'm going to fold on him.
1: It's apparently the game you mentioned in Denver, Dan. Every time he had the puck, right? you could feel exactly. people come out of their seats. And that's why it's it comes to
0: mind when you have a yeah. feeling about that particular player. And we saw it the other day in Edmonton. Whenever McDavid oh. had the puck, it looked like he was going to score or make a pass to somebody else.
1: All right. So Razor fold. Up next, on the New York Rangers, firing their head coach, Elaine Vigneault. Do we raise or fold on that? Who wants to start it off? Lawman, you're as good as anybody. Well, Dan anyway. decides. Sure. Okay, Dan, I, I'll I, you, I, you decide, I will, uh, Dan.
0: I will raise on the Rangers making that move, and it's not because they think Elaine Vigneault is a is a bad coach. It's because they have already signaled the transition. And Elaine Vigneault... Uh, it was interesting to hear his press conference after the game because he was not a coach who seemed like he was coming back, but he was saying all the things as to why he should come back. Uh, it was very strange. And, and, and essentially that they have, um, you know, we don't need to get into all the details about the Rangers and the veteran group that they had when he came on board, and he talked a lot about playing the cards he was dealt. It just seems that the organization is ready to transition with a different group of players they they shipped off a, a few guys ended up in tampa bay right with that trade so it seems like if there's going to be a change now is the time and i guess elaine vigno is simply worn out as welcome there with new york
3: i'm gonna fold on it only because I, there's two things i don't believe in the oh the message has got stale I, i'm not a fan of that it's an excuse for an organization, and often it's an excuse for a GM who hasn't given the coach the players to win. And it's, let's be really clear, they were very upfront about getting rid of all the players that they needed t- to win uh, in order to, to start something new. So how do you pin that on Elaine that on Vigneault? Elaine uh, Vigneault is one of the, the top seven coaches in the National Hockey League. For my money, and, uh, and maybe, you know, maybe they've got a better answer. Uh, this is a guy who's coached at junior, who's coached uh, successfully in the American League. He can teach young players if that's the direction you're going. You 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 make a contract with a guy when you hire him. Your job is, uh, it, it's it's to,
0: to give him the groceries, and let him cook the dinner. Well, you took the groceries away, so don't be surprised that the dinner sucked. And then the developing of players that he mentioned, he thought that they had done a good job, but how many of their players have been homegrown through the organization? You know, you you're Chris Kreider, some guys who've come right in, highly touted, but you also look at the American League. The Hartford Wolfpack have not done much of anything in recent years. That's uh, not I me mean. yours fault. No, right, absolutely. And, and I'm, I'm building on your point, I, and I recognize all of those things. However, to me, the organization, if it if it realizes it's got to hit a reset, I understand why they would want a new head coach at that time. All that recent history aside, he might not deserve to lose his job. I like Elaine Vigneault. I, th- I agree with everything you said. Even if he doesn't deserve to lose his job, I can see an organization deciding to go in a different direction in hitting a reset. Well, then they button.
2: picked the wrong time.
0: I, and I don't think true. any
2: coach deserves to get fired. It's on the players. It's... They're the ones that go and execute. When they don't execute, change comes. It's been known across the league. Uh, I fold on the timing of this firing. I understand what they were gonna do, but if they're gonna do it, don't let them coach the year out. When you decide you're gonna go in a different direction, do it then. Yeah. Get it done with. Don't keep this coach on and say, okay, we're going in a different direction. As Gary mentioned, here's what you got, work with it. Well, if he's gonna work for that and he starts something, let him finish, let him grow. With this change in the organization, so uh, real strange that all of it was strange with me in New York this year. Admitting what they're going to do, and yeah. then they keep the coach on. So uh, I fold because uh, of the way it was done. If they're going to do it, it should have happened at the time of that note.
1: I fold on it too. I, I just think it's it's the easy way out, right? It's the easy way out. Now, I found it interesting today that evidently they they fired their two other assistant coaches, but they did not fire Lindy Ruff, ah. which. Maybe they're looking at him as somebody they would elevate. Um, I, I understand the clean slate part of it, but, you know, it's – they've – to your point, Dan, they haven't had – there's years they didn't have a first-round draft pick because they kept trading them all to try and get the, you know, the the magic potion at the trade deadline. Um, I just think it's too easy uh, – yeah, you kind of bail it out, like yeah. get see, rid of the coach. See, that's, yeah, that's the thing. That's, I I, I don't
0: like their strategy, but given the strategy that they have already set on course, it would not make sense for them to to then keep the head coach. You know, if you're if that's the direction they're going, you got to go all the way. You can't, you know, do it halfway. But change points?
3: I, why not? Why the hell wouldn't you do it? Why can't Alain Vigneault yeah. oversee the rebuild of the
0: organization? They don't think he's the guy that's fine Um, that's but they're wrong that's the whole point of this (laughs) but, but my my sense is if you're an organization and I don't I don't like remember Vanille's brought them to a cup final and a conference final they've they've done well they but if you think that the organization and that's that's the thing I'm not there so I don't if the organization feels as though a reset is required for reasons that I'm not aware of then I can understand why getting a new head coach is part of that now if Lindy Ruff is the next head coach, then that sort of short circuits the whole thing. So I'll tell you this. If Lindy Ruff is the next head coach of the New York Rangers, then they've screwed it up even further. Oh, yeah. I
1: just found it interesting. They yeah, fired I the other you. two assistant coaches today. You. They didn't fire him. Yep. So, anyway, Razor Fold, and the last one, guys. Talk about it. Talk about shooting fish in a barrel. Razor Fold, T-Mobile Arena is the best atmosphere in the playoffs coming up.
2: Hands down, raise. It's... <laughs> <laughs> And I know that's going to upset Nashville, but uh, sorry. We've sorry, seen it Sorry, right here. Yeah. sorry uh, whatever, Smashville. Yeah. Uh, and, and it is incredible there. You know, they're, they're comparable. When you got Broadway, and then here we got the strip, and they both lead to an arena, but the strip's a lot longer than Broadway Street. Uh, and the big plaza I just I can't I'm I can't wait I raise big time
0: yeah I'm gonna raise too and and you don't need to hear it from us and Derek Englund said it earlier today to the media it was one of the first things he was asked about it was all about Vegas as the best place for playoff hockey and he said and Derek's been around a long time longer than anybody else in that room says that the best atmosphere in the NHL is T-Mobile Arena
3: love well, they're going to have to—they're going to have to challenge themselves because every rink in the NHL is about. Greg Gallant said it this morning. He said they've already—they've been the best all year long. What can they do now? And that is to me, Winnipeg's about to get really special. Nashville's going to—they're going to—they're every rink in the NHL is going to raise right now. That is a challenge for the Golden Knights fans. Can they bring more to the table? And I'm going to raise because I think they can. But they've got, they've got some work ahead of them. Oh, you're challenging the fans. Yeah. I like it. There you go. I, I challenge them, too, to bring another level. Yeah, I
2: well, like
0: that. When That's you talk right. about how T-Mobile Arena has been a playoff-like environment all year, have they hit their ceiling, Gary. That's what you're saying, right? They better not.
3: They better not. Up. There better you go. They've up. got up at Listen, themselves. The, the, the players have to do something special. The radio broadcast has to do something special. The TV broadcast isn't no. capable, so it's it's got an anchor in the second intermission that it just can't get rid of. But <laughs> the, the fans, there's Wallace a contract here. It. There's a contract here, and now this is your part of it. Bring more. Yeah, if you don't really, What's that old
1: line? If you don't really expect too much from me, you might not be let down. We're trying to lower the bar on the TV side. There you I agree with you. Yeah, I, I'd love to see it even kicked up another several notches uh, come playoff time. So... Well, it has been a good one. Stanley yeah. Cup playoff preview here a lot from, of fun. from the D Hotel, the official downtown hotel of your Vegas Golden Knights. The playoffs can't get started fast enough, but a little more than 48 hours away from game one between the Golden Knights and the L.A. Kings in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Best of seven gets underway at T-Mobile Arena coming up on Wednesday night. Is that it, Damn, yeah, We're done? We've said all there is to say.
0: If You've said all there is to say? I, I to usually say, do then... a fact
1: check. There's no reason to check any facts here. We, Who we, won?
0: Who won? Well, we didn't even do a quiz. Well, yeah, so now
1: no, there's it's we 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 get it down to the bare bones. My only Team fact check, right the only now.
0: fact check is I just want to give you the president's trophies. who won the Stanley Cup, you mentioned Chicago in 2013, Red Wings in 08, Red Wings in 02, Avalanche in 01, Stars in 99, and then back to the Rangers in 94, the one that would last a lifetime.
1: Though so it's been every 5th year here recently. 08, yeah. 13, and we'll see about 18. But uh we thank you all for tuning in. Go on to the iTunes, subscribe, listen, watch us on TV. Listen on the radio the sheriff lawless and some guy named dave podcast hashtag slgnd coming to you from the d hotel in downtown vegas stanley cup playoffs get underway wednesday night enjoy we'll talk to you next time